Welcome to Two Lit Mamas, a kid lit podcast for parents, teachers, and writers. I'm Heather Kaufman-Peters. I'm the mother of one teenage boy. I'm a preschool teacher and a writer. And I'm Margie Ozimet. I'm mom to two boys, a former middle school teacher, a homeschooler, and a writer. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of Two Lit Mamas. The episode in which we will answer for you just what is middle grade lit and why do two crazy old broads like us like it so much? (laughs) (laughs) I always feel like a very special episode. Like, you know, remember the after school specials? Please watch with your parents. And it was always about a runaway or, you know, using smoke and dope. I was like, you know what? Do you remember those from the Mm -hmm. 70s? Like, oh, Oh, yeah. Jimmy's smoking dope on the corner. Now I'd be like, Jimmy, you got some to spare? <laughs> That's like, there were parts of that first Twilight movie where I'm like, this is so very after school special. Right? Like it'd have the music and they're walking across the schoolyard. And I'm like, oh, it's so after school special. A very special vampire nightmare. <laughs> oh my God. I loved those. I used to live for those because it oh, was yeah. something besides like reruns of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> or yeah, or Gilligan's Island or something. It made me feel so grown up to watch them, honestly, because yes. they were serious. And they know? were so hard hitting, like so-and-so's on drugs. Everybody's always on drugs. <laughs> Runaways and drugs. That's all it was. Did we do nothing? Let's, it's not like we weren't all latchkey kids in the 80s and 70s. We were all there by ourselves. Nobody talked about that, though. <laughs> that was that was supposed to be okay. Because <laughs> that, we that would have made the parents look bad. <laughs> I just remember like, oh, yeah, she's a runaway again. Oh, yeah, he's on drugs. Like, that's all that ever happened. <laughs> it's because the parents were never home. That's why. It's true. <laughs> I would be like me in charge of my brother who was five years younger than me, and he would be like five. And I was 10. <laughs> and I'm like, who thought this was a good idea again? What? Oh, well, here we are, though. We've swung hardcore the other way. And now <laughs> we're all overprotective parents. I think that's why Gen Xers are overprotective because we're like, yo, I know. Oh, what for like. sure. I mean, I've literally had parents say to me, well, I used to roam wild. And so my kids, I, if my kids are in the backyard, I'm sitting there watching them. I remember walking to school on the train tracks. We used to walk on the train tracks to school. And if the train made like after we moved to town if the if you could hear the train one of us in the group would be like jump off (laughs) who thought this was a good idea and you'd like jump off and get far enough so that the train wouldn't like blow you by p.s you could have just walked on the sidewalk and it would have taken you like maybe an extra two blocks but who would do that because it's it's a shortcut to go on the train tracks thanks jody yanger you put me through that (laughs) she made me do it oh my gosh (laughs) all right so here we are off schedule. Isn't that crazy? There we go. Our very first time. We've talked about doing some special bonuses this year. And so this is the first one. And we have a very important reason for why this is the first one. I feel like we should like smash the champagne though on something right now as our maiden voyage. Just something. I like to make it dramatic, you know. <laughs> There's nothing new about you and I just gabbing for hours. With champagne. <laughs> right? Oh, it's true. But it is good because... It's happy middle grade March. It's middle grade March, y'all. And we didn't know that until just recently. So (laughs) every time I literally get on Instagram, it's another day that we should be like, like yesterday I said, oh my God, it's World Book Day. Oh my God, here we go. (laughs) Every time you turn around, can we just have Donut Day or like Merlot Day, National Merlot Day? Hey, I need these right now. We are a year into this pandemic. I need something that doesn't require as much effort from me. Merlot March. <gasps> Malbec March. That's even better. Middle grade and Malbec March. Middle grade Malbec March. For moms and middle graders. Right. 
We are on to something. We're trendsetters. Oh. All right. The reason that we did this whole bonus episode was it is actually one of the reasons that I thought about this is the other day in one of the mom groups here um, outside of Boston, there was an online discussion about middle grade fiction. And a lot of moms didn't know what it was, that it was a thing. They were looking for books for that were appropriate for their 12 year olds. And I was like, well, there's a whole genre with three subdivisions that is perfect for that. And they were like, really? This is a newsflash. And you forget if you're not a writer or a teacher or a nerd like us, or we fit all of those categories, moms, nerds, and teachers, maybe you don't even know, right? So that's what we're here to do. That's our job. We are here to educate the people. And we're going to talk about middle, what middle grade is, right? Yep, that's what we're going to do. I kind of thought we would start with um, like what middle grade is as far as in general. And it's basic, it's not really a genre, which we hear a lot about book genres and we talk a lot about book genres, but middle grade is really a category because within middle grade category, you have all the genres, nonfiction, historical fiction, realistic science fiction, uh, fantasy, mysteries, graphic novels, everything. And so basically middle grade is really based on reading level and the age of the audience. And age of the main character. Which, just P.S., one thing on that quick. For those of you that are old like us, you might have seen, it's gone through many iterations in the last 20 years. It used to just be in the, like, just housed in juvenile lit. Right. And then it was called tweens. I remember that was vaguely, there was a point in time where it was called tween lit. Now, who's going to do that? No one even wants to be called a tween when they are a tween. I know, but I think that's going to be making a comeback somehow. But anyway, go ahead. You might have heard it called that before we kind of got to middle grade. Then there was a little bit at the beginning where it still was considered young adult. But that was before young adult became like the twilight young adult that we know now. And that was long before young adult was being read by so many people. So many people of all ages read young adult. I am not one of them because there is way too much angst in that for me. And please, for God's sakes, if I want that much mushy, mushy love, I'll turn on the Hallmark channel and some of those books. <laughs> but it was, it did used to get called into that. But now it's just straight up middle grade. I think that's a really great way to say it. Mm-hmm. Where should we start with all this? Why don't you go ahead and you want to give us a breakdown on kind of what middle grade is? Yeah, let's compare it because the target audience age is actually like 10 to 12 year olds. But I, I would say you could go with more nine to 14 would be my thought process on that. Like for a textbook description age would be like 10 to 12 but I would say it's more 9 to 13 14 which we'll talk about kind of where everything gets murky and then um the target audience is four to six or excuse me grades are four to six the average word count and here's the thing word counts are a little more important than page counts because a lot of middle grade will still have illustrations in it it was weird because they kind of stopped and then they started again and now like the last few middle grades i bought have been really heavy with illustrations right well and now you have graphic novels are super popular right and so you never know it's hit or miss but so the average word count is around 4,500 45,000 to 60,000 words you don't get into unless they're those sort of like 
like epic fantasies made for middle graders. They generally like if you have a series, generally the first book is going to be a little bit smaller. But then if a lot of people love that series, then the books can kind of get longer because they know kids are committed to the series. And so they might read a little bit longer book. So that's where you'll see the bigger books. Too. And sometimes the series like I I was I was not a Harry Potter fan. I was too old at the time and I wasn't a book nerd at that time. And I was never like a fantasy person. I've said this before on here. I think, too, that I wasn't a Harry Potter gal. Uh, by the way, that that really almost ruined our friendship. But OK, go ahead. No, I know. Well, you're <laughs> dork enough for both of us, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> like the first, I think, three were considered middle grade. And then the last three were cons- they moved up into YA because they got a little bit more mature as the, the characters went. So that was kind of a new take on that crossover gene. That's partially why those books are so popular. I mean, they're so popular because kids loved them. and But also because they were unique in that they followed the children as they got older, the readers as they got older. And so that is sort of a problem with Harry Potter now, though, because they're all out. And if you have a middle schooler who starts reading them when they're younger, some of the content in the older ones is really more YA. That it does get a little bit tricky. Harry Potter got away with a lot of stuff because those books really revitalized the middle grade category. Just a couple more things I want to add about sort of like the breakdown. Uh The protagonists or main characters are usually like 10 to 13. So that that's kind of the age group that we're, we're looking at. Common themes are usually like acceptance and courage and anti-bullying and loyalty and kindness and doing the right thing and coming of age, but not much romance, not much, if any at all, violence. And if there is violence, it's not graphic at all. It's very much like a cozy mystery, like it happens off off stage or whatever. And then disappointingly, no profanity. (laughs) Not if my kids read it, my kids will add in the profanity where they feel is necessary. So contrast this with young adult. How do I know if I'm a mom going in whether I look at the middle grade category or I look at the YA category for my 12 to 13 year old son. Okay. Well, definitely YA is for 13 to 18 year olds because you're going to have a lot heavier themes. You were talking about no romance, no profanity, no graphic violence in middle grade. Well, in YA, there's definitely romance, maybe even some vague or off screen sex. There's a lot of like angsty, like difficult relationships with parents, difficult relationships with siblings or difficult friendships, just dealing with a lot more heightened emotions. Even we kind of talked about this a lot uh, last time with a, a, when I, we were talking about a lots away about how that one the pacing of it was a little bit slower where um, middle grade has a faster pace more like a fun feeling to them where YA definitely is a little bit heavier you're going to have a longer word count you have 60,000 to 90,000 words in YA well and the sentences are wordier in YA too like, yeah instead of saying like I really need to see you it's all this like oh my heart must go Fourth and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also just more complex sentences too. For you have a higher reading level there. And then the protagonist is usually going to be 14 to 18. There's also the new adult. That's a new category, brand new category. And that's kind of like 18 into like college years. Which is brilliant. I think that's such a great idea. The whole point of all of these middle grade is a transition from chapter books, you know, and then YA is a transition from middle grade. So why do we just as suddenly assume that when people are 18 years old that they just want to go read? old lady cozy mysteries like we like to read <laughs> or that you want to go read James or Patterson or something or yeah, something. yeah. Like, let's let's take it slow I think that's a great idea mm-hmm. you know we're kind of talking about the general standards for YA and middle grade but of course those rules apply except when they don't 
right? Which is every other day, every other book. Because <laughs> we can break middle grade down even further. And in some ways it can really overlap with YA. And I think that's where it gets more difficult for parents. Like if you have a uh, middle schooler who's an advanced reader, that's where it can kind of get tricky. But fortunately, there's also an emerging genre for, or category, I'm sorry, for that sort of group too. So Margie, if you want to talk about the subcategories kind of, of of middle grade. Yeah, I think it was really funny. I read this article and the it was they were interviewing like librarians and booksellers or whatever and the one woman was she was telling the story about how like this woman came in and she's like oh my daughter is 12 but she's a really advanced reader so I don't think and she took her to the middle grade category and she's like but she's a really advanced reader so I think we should go we should go ahead and she's like well are you okay with sex profanity and you know like adult subjects or would you prefer like you know unicorns and maybe coming of age a little anti-bullying she's like oh my god she can't read about sex and all that other stuff or whatever and she's like well then that's what middle grade is right and I think that that was like a perfect illustration because people are like well you know because you buy chapter books when your kid gets out of first readers so you you know you feel like oh it must just be why what they can read but that's not quite how it works so lower middle grade is the first one that you kind of step into and that's like grades three to five generally if you're a pretty strong third grade reader because some of those can be a little bit tough sometimes I would even push it into six with some of those early middle grades the sentences are um a little shorter. It's a little bit easier. They're the exact stepping stone from a chapter book. So when you're done reading like your magic tree house, you're ready to go a little bit higher. You're independent, but you're not like ready for that heavy subject matter, I think is a Mm -hmm. good way to put that. The storylines are pretty easy. There's not a lot of complex relationships. There's not a lot of things you have to kind of keep track of, like in some of the older books. Um, in order to kind of make the connections later down the path. And they're also heavily illustrated. So I would say like think Wimpy Kid kind of illustrated. That's mm-hmm. a little in that that sort of category where a, a Diary of a Wimpy Kid books have a lot of illustration. There's also a lot of good reading in there too. And they tell a great story, but they also use the pictures to, he uses the pictures, uh, Jeff Kitty uses those pictures to help you understand the book in mm-hmm. case you're not catching all the words. And I don't know this because my seven-year-old is transitioning right now from chapter books. He's really just getting into chapter books, but he can do a really great job with those, with a middle grade, a lower middle grade that's heavily um, illustrated. So they're a nice kind of transition. He's a second grader too. So uh, Does Captain Underpants fall into that? Well, I would, think? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of in that um, Captain Underpants, Dogman. Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of books fall into that. Um, There's a ton. There's really a ton of them right now. And it's kind of a great thing to see because when my older son was that age, there wasn't a ton. There were Dogman was just getting started. Captain Underpants was there and Wimpy Kid was there. But um, there's a lot more now, like the bad guys. And uh, there's a whole lot of different um, books that fall into that. The next step up, general middle grade. The sentences are harder, Mm -hmm. um, definitely, because I just tested this out with my guy. Um, it's a little bit harder. There's a, this, there's some more complex vocabulary and there's fewer illustrations. There's still a lot of illustrations, but not nearly as many as before in the, in the lower middle grade. So, cause we just finished reading the, um, one of the unicorn rescue societies, the PS, those are such great books. They're so fun. And even if you are a lower middle grade reader, you should read them to your kids, help them with them because they're just really fun books. And they really fall into that sort of general middle grade, which is our next category. So general middle grade, that's kind of everything else, the sort of middle of the road. You're a little bit, not quite ready for this, the stuff that might come towards like an older upper middle grade book. 
um, which is for grades like seven through nine. Um, but it's kind of grades four through eight as a whole. So mm-hmm. you're kind of right in this, in, in the heart of the watermelon, as my dad used to say. Um, <laughs> we're like, we're getting to the heart of the watermelon, boys. That's where the good stuff is, you know. Um, <laughs> I got the, that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. My old cowboy <laughs> jokes. Um, uh, upper middle grade books are that that's, I have to say that's kind of my sweet spot. I love upper, I upper middle grade books because the stories are a little more complex. The characters usually like the 12 or 13, you know, 12 or 13 years old, a little bit older. They're ready for some tough, more independence. Um, but there's still no potty words and there's no sex. And there's maybe like, oh, does she like me? Mm-hmm. And that's literally it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like, you know, brushing of hands and fluttering of hearts much more than that, you know? Yeah. I think with the upper middle grade, instead of uh, the subject matter is, well, it gets a little bit darker, but I also yeah. think it's more about like the complexity of the story is a little more involved. Mm-hmm. It might jump around in time a little bit Get better more. backstories. Yeah. A lot more backstory and more complex sentences and just uh, ideas going on. Like I'm thinking of like green glass house. Probably. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you're right. And I, I mean, an upper middle grade could even go up to like a 15 year old pr- protagonist or 16 year old. And the reader could easily go up to 16, I would say. Yeah, sure. There's a series out. Um, my son just got it and he's going to be 13 and his, he's going to be 13 and uh, at the end of the month. So it's kind of hard to find a spot for him. But Prisoner B3087 yeah. is the new one out. And then there's also uh, Ground Ground Zero is the new one out too, right? And those are by um, Alan Gratz. He also wrote Refugee, which you've probably seen everywhere. Well, and there's there's also Projects 1065, which is that that's the Nazi one that I was telling you about too. So is this one, Prisoner B3087. There, It's a Nazi one too. So those are the books that what I'm, I guess the long story short, what, I, what I'm trying to say is that those are definitely upper middle grade because it's heavy. They're really heavy. There's still no profanity. It's a little more violent, but they're just really heavy. But they're also written in a language that can be understood by a 13-year-old boy or or a 14-year-old boy or girl. But I'm saying like that's sort of the target. That's more when we're talking about what an upper middle grade book is. That's kind of more what I think of. Icefall would be in that category too. I mean, we usually try to split it in our podcast between upper and lower middle grade, just to kind of cover the whole category. And there, you know, we do have had a few that we would just say were solid middle grade books, but for the most part, we try to break those down to just make it easier for parents to know like, Oh, my kid might not be a super strong reader and they're a little bit younger. So this lower middle grade works for them. Santa Yumi Chung is like such a perfect example of a lower middle grade. She was so charming. It's a fun little read. There's complex relationships, but not anything more difficult than your average fifth grader. They would have the same similar relationships. We were talking about YA comparisons. Um, I'll see criticisms of like a YA book where people point out that the adventure is too, like they might say Scooby-Doo or simplistic, or somehow the book just kind of missed the mark. And usually that's because it got labeled a YA when it's really more upper middle grade, because YA is definitely more adult than middle grade, you know, and there's some, some of the common tropes of middle grade that kind of distinguish it um, might include like the main, main character has moved to a new place. That's a very common one. They have a special talent or interests or strong like motivation that sort of drives the adventure. Like in Song for a Whale, the main character is deaf and she finds out about this whale who can't um, 
communicate with other whales and she has this drive to help the whale but she also has this talent for fixing radios which it, it kind of seems a little bit too old maybe for that age group but then it also sort of plays into kids fantasies of thinking that they can do things that maybe they can't do well and you taught me that years ago that like the key to a really good middle grade is to be able for the character to be able to do something that any adult would be like you could never do that on your own Right. But the kids would be like, oh, cool. They can do that. Like they can go save the world. And, and I think that's true. Well, so, so true. You know, I think you're so right on the money with that. I don't have to believe it because I'm a grown up. But the kid reading it doesn't know that. And that's the whole point. That's what makes it magical. It's inspirational and magical, like you said. Yeah. You know, like, oh, that kid can do that. I could do something like that, too. Right. Also, main characters in middle grade books will have a flaw that is totally relatable for a kid of that age. so middle school. Right. Yeah. It made me think of like Marcus Vega doesn't speak Spanish about how he's like so sweet and he doesn't know Spanish when he really should. And he's also like this ginormous kid. And but everybody thinks thinks he's like this big bully, but he's actually just a big tenderhearted. But because he's so much bigger than everybody else, he banks it. He's like, oh, you scared of me? All right, then. I wouldn't hurt a fly, but <laughs> you know. But you don't know that. Yeah. Right. You don't know that. And I always think of like, um, we read George, right? Uh, well, we read Rick and George. Right. Yeah. Rick. 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 Sorry. Rick was the one that we talked about. Rick is, I, I mean, he was just, I love that, that character. That was main, one of those main characters that just stuck with you because Rick is just like lost. He's just confused. He's like, oh, am I gay? Am I not gay? Am I like, and the thought that he just doesn't have, and the parents are like, you don't have to choose. You don't have to choose. But he's like, no, I mean, there's like boys that like boys and there's girls that like girls and all these people already know what they are. And I don't even like anybody and don't care about anybody at this point. What am I supposed to do? I just thought that was so right on the money because for every boy, crazy girl or boy or every like girl, crazy boy, crazy hormonal middle schooler every that I ever taught, there were also a whole handful of them that had no interest whatsoever. They like late bloomers or whatever you want to call them asexual, whatever. They don't care. They didn't have any interest. And I thought that was such a great middle grade character, just like true to form. Oh, everybody else is starting to like girls or like boys. So I should do it too, but I really don't. So is there something wrong with me? Yeah. That's the same thing. Like there's this sort of very relatable, but perceived flaw uh, in their character. Like they perceive it as a flaw that is so true to form, (laughs) which is awesome. God, we've read great books this year, haven't we? We have read some great books. Um, I was going to say another thing, too, is they usually have adventure. All middle grade books have an adventure that's usually not too dark. But, I mean, there are stakes. There's some scary ones. There's yeah. some stakes, you know, happening that where they could get hurt or they could, or something bad could happen. Uh, but And they're usually kind of on their own without an adult. Or if there is an adult there, they're behaving a little bit more like a kid or they're out or they're incapacitated or something or that, they're out. Yeah. yeah. Like, like there's, I mean, we have, a, we've read a lot of stories with like a grandparent. Yes. We goes, have a yeah. knockout. We've had a lot of like stories where they've been knocked out grandparents or something. Or, or, yeah. Or the grandparents is along for the adventure and they're like, you know, cause you know how grandparents are. They're like, sure. Just do your thing. Yeah. You know, it's really weird. It's funny. I never thought of it. We have, we had so many grandparents that were and like, we've had deaf grandparents. We've had gay grandparents. We've had 
you know, we had the one grandparent that was an alien hunter. I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of good grandparents. Good for you, middle grade writers. That's some, that's, that's some uncharted waters that we're getting into. That's awesome. Because I can tell you that I had a really crazy grandmother who mm-hmm. used to let me smoke cigarettes and drink. Uh, I would drink cranberry juice out of a giant wine goblet when I go to her house when I was like 10. My kids have a nutso grandmother in my mother. My God, she lets them have dirty word time whenever I'm not around. This is why my kids are the potty mouths they are. Grandparents are nuts. P.S. Grandparents, yeah. there's a lot of crazy grandparents out there. So they they des- they deserve to be put in books. That's the whole point. You can't. I mean, I can't wait to be a grandparent and be like, yeah, let's. You need yeah, to. Yeah, let's you do need that. To stop. You need to stop right now because you are <laughs> way closer than I am to accidentally becoming a grandparent. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Why would you even put that in the world? You brought it up. You brought it up. <laughs> I'm just saying, I meant like in the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please. I know what you were like with my children when they were young. I can't even imagine what you'd be like as a grandmother. There's like no holds barred. Yeah. Moving on. Um. So, oh, uh, in middle grade, there's usually some difficult issues, but they're kind of addressed like head on. And they aren't dwelled on or overly emotional on the page. So like you'll have like last podcast, we talked about um, divorce. Like there's a lot of serious topics that can happen in middle grade, but, but they're handled in a way that is not so like overly belabored or overly dwelled upon like in YA or not overly emotional. So kids can kind of just take it in, but it's not it's it's not going to make them sad or make them really upset or, you know, things like that. So it's just enough to say you're not alone. If you're reading right. this and you're in that same boat, you're, you're not alone. We can move on. Like, for example, the divorce in the last book that we talked about, you know, it is what it is. Um, Love Like Sky. It was it was all about divorce, but it's not this belabored like, oh, poor me. My parents are divorced. How will I ever go on? No one else has ever had this kind of angsty pain that you might see in a YA. It's more like they're divorced. Other people have divorced parents. How do we figure this out? And we still have our lives. We're still having our adventures. Things are still going on around it. But I I think that also speaks to the resiliency of the characters, like middle schoolers, having spent 25 years in middle school on myself, middle schoolers are some of the most resilient people on earth. I mean, you can say we're going to go this way, this way, this way, this way, and then suddenly punt and turn a whole different direction. And they will be the first ones there where everybody else will be like, wait, wait, why? You know, like a high school Mm -hmm. group. Well, why do we have to change course? We didn't change the middle schoolers just go. okay, fine. Let's go. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and that love like sky, they even had like adults fighting, but it didn't feel like it was traumatizing the children. You know, it was like, it is what it, you're like, you're saying it is what it is and they deal with it and they move on and they have their own things going on too. So, yeah. The more I think about that book, the more I like it. I'm just like, it's one of those that kind of really has resonated well. Yeah, it's true. I keep thinking about it. I think also too, like kind of on that same line, there's also usually a very clear right and wrong in middle Which grade. I love. I love I that in adult books. I know. I hate gray areas. I know. Now, I mean, it's even more obvious in lower middle grade because you might have bad guys that almost seem cartoonish, you know? Yeah. But yeah, but there's really no gray areas or morally gray areas or things like that. So yeah, you usually know who the bad guy is, who the good people are. And and that doesn't mean that people don't grow and evolve and change in the books because they definitely do, but um, definitely just clear right and wrong. And of course, the protagonists in middle grade are always a few years older than the intended audience. So that's why 
most middle grade books have a 12 year old main character, sometimes 13 year old main character. That's why some of the upper middle grade can get away with having like a 15 or 16 year old main character. Again, it kind of plays into the fantasy of kids getting to hang out with someone who's a little bit older than them when they're reading out these books. Well, and a lot of times one of the big things too, is that they have a lot of freedoms or they have a lot of responsibilities and it's really hard to sometimes to to play that off that, you know, a 12 year old, I, I mean, in, in, in this world, it kind of 12 year old ride their bike all over the place. No, to, you know, to chase evil spirits. No, but it's believable to say that a, a nine or 10 year old. No, I wouldn't. Another thing that is kind of common in middle grade is magical elements or like talking animals. And I also think this is another place where you can get away with not having the protagonist be 12. Like I know we read uh, Granted, the book about a fairy and right, he was right, obviously right. like an adult, but was on their first mission um, or common. Evangelina the Bayou, she had magical elements. Yeah. I was thinking of The Girl Who Drank the Moon by Kelly Barnhill had... Yeah, you had that one. Yeah. I love that book. It had the little dragon and then it had the bog monster. Oh, right. Which lives behind my house now. Well, in all of those, um, I mean, we have the Jersey Devil in those Adam Gidwitz books and everything. So yeah, there's, t- I mean, I guess once you get into it, it's so you, once you've been reading middle grade for a long time, you don't really think enough of it to make it stand out in your head because it's so normal. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, I'm sure there was a talking cat somewhere. I I mean, who am I to say? I read adult books that have talking pets. So, I mean, like Christopher Moore always has talking animals and weirdo crap. So what I just read? Oh, The Art of Driving in the Rain or Racing in the uh, the Art of Racing in the Rain. I just read that one. Doesn't the dog talk in that one? Yeah, it's from the the whole book is from the perspective of the dog. Of course it is. Was it good? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty good. It's like Hallmark Mushy or? No, I wouldn't say that. reading about dead hookers in Istanbul. So, <laughs> Okay. And then last thing I was going to say about middle grade books and their main characters is, and this kind of goes back to having flaws that are relatable, but they're usually someone that the reader can empathize with or kind of feel sorry for. And like middle grade books often have that inciting incident in the beginning. That's very like a hero's journey. You yeah, know, that yeah. inciting incident incident that sets them on their path, and it kind of gets the reader on their on his or her side of the main character. You know, it's usually something that kind of makes you sad or angry or determined or something like that, and then that sets the book on its path. Yeah, it's really true because, well, first of all, another thing about having spent a million years in middle school is that middle schoolers are the biggest drama queens there are. Like, if somebody is crying in the bathroom because you know she lost her homework before math class by the end of math class 17 other people will be in the bathroom with her crying because the, you know they, they just feel so bad that sarah didn't have her math right right and then her mom's gonna yell at her and then the mr johnson's gonna be mad you know like the empathy is just like it's like a contagion in middle school so i think that's another great great point about it if i'm reading it because I have to admit, and I know we're going to talk about this in a second. I, I didn't read this kind of, these these weren't around. A lot of these weren't around when we were this age. But we read these as an adult where we don't have the same emotional reactions because they've kind of aged out of us. But from a middle schooler perspective, yeah, the first thing you want to do is feel bad for that person or to be emotionally attached to that main character so that you're along for the ride in a way that, you know, no one else can really fully comprehend. Which, I mean, Harry Potter is a prime example of that. You always come back to Harry Potter, though. 
<laughs> well, right away, you feel bad for the guy. He's living with these people who are terrible. Right. And you know, he's got like this interesting backstory right away. And so, yeah, you just want to get on with that. You want to get to that adventure. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, in loyalty is a is a really big theme in middle grade for a reason because middle graders despite their you know i'm best friends with this person this day and next the next day i'm not i mean besides that they're very loyal and they they do to a get fault emotionally yes. they do get emotionally involved yeah it's a side note on this for whatever it's worth i think that that is the biggest damage that's being done by all of this covid hot mess where nobody mm-hmm. can see their friends and spend mm-hmm. that time together and go to school in a normal fashion as things sort of loosen up and you can see start to see people again or whatever i can see it coming back but it's also they're very um the middle schoolers in our world that i see are very they're very tentative like i don't want to get too happy about seeing you because i might not be able to see you again for three months well and everybody is a little bit socially awkward right now yeah but they already were i mean like that's the worst (laughs) nobody's more awkward than a middle schooler and now we just made them more so for by like like throwing them back a whole year oh it's gonna be a mess I'm never getting grandkids. You know, my kids will not be able to talk to anybody to date for at least 17 more years because they're all so weird now. So I did have a, gosh, I have a lot to say about middle grade, apparently, because I've got a whole list here. But we do have a whole podcast on middle grade books. So (laughs) I mean, I I guess, you know, we are kind of in the field. (laughs) I mean, in theory, we should understand it instead of just talking out of our ass. It's a little bit of both. Um, so the MC is, all, of, of course, is always an outcast or an oddball, or at least feels like they are. And just like we all did in middle school, everyone feels middle that school, way. Middle school, girl, we're almost 50 years old and we're still oddballs and outcasts. Are you kidding? That never changed. <laughs> did you ever have a moment where it stopped? Because I didn't. No, I definitely have not. No. I've been a dork since day one and I'm going <laughs> to take it to the grave, you know? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. And of course, the main character usually fails at some point in middle grade, which I mean, that's pretty common in a lot of books because you have to have those sort of ups and downs and all that. Pretty common, but it doesn't always happen in real life anymore, which is the problem because so many parents don't want their kid to fail that I think it's great that they fail in the books. And they often make things very much worse in the book because they failed, but then they keep going and then they prevail in the end, which, yeah, that's a great lesson. I think that is probably the biggest lesson that comes out of middle grade fiction, right? It's grit. Just, yeah. Yeah. Grit, resiliency. You're going to mess up and it's going to, and it'll, it'll still be okay. And in every school I taught in up until, I mean, we pulled the kids out this year to homeschool. Every school I've taught in for the last five years, that's three, three different school districts. Every year you pick a theme, every school, different states, different towns, everything. It's been always been grit or resilience. We have to teach our kids resilience because it's a problem that we did that kids don't have any resilience right now. And that's why it's so important to see these characters stick to it, stick to it, stick to it. And get things wrong. Show them that. And get the payoff in the end, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other big thing, I guess, that separates YA and middle grade is the pacing. Middle grade is usually really fast paced and it might jump ahead or include only kind of essential scenes. It's a little bit more simplistic where YA really digs in and gives you all the relationship. I think that's one of the reasons that I love middle grade so much. Because you've got a really great story with really rich characters, but you're not bogged down about Bobby walked into the room and it was dark. 
<laughs> something lurked in the corner. He could feel his hair move up and down. I mean, come on, Bobby, open the door and go in. You know, like, what's the problem? Turn the light on and find out what's in the corner, Bobby. Like, that's the way I need a book to go. That's just me. That's just, you know, like, let's cut to the chase. Put it in the brackets and tell me what happened. I don't need all the drama and the emotion to go with it, which I think is why I'm drawn to it. And I'm still reading it now because I love that, you know. So why do you love them? What's what? Okay. I know like for me, it's my attention span. My attention span has always been short. I always just want to get to the point. I really love a good story. I hate gushy, gushy romance. I hate emotional stuff. I hate that sort of like deep and like, Oh, poor is me kind of, you know, like, and I, 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 and even when I read adult books, I also love a good laugh and humor is such a driving force in middle grade. Um, that's why I love middle grade. Those are like, that's why I'm always drawn to them. The books are easy to devour. I, I saw this great thing too, that I said, the one thing about middle graders, they always know that it's okay if the story isn't grabbing them to put it down and grab another one. Oh yeah. That they don't like force themselves through a book, which is very true. And my son had a teacher once in Indiana and she was like, he's a book shopper. That's a problem. I'm like, it's not a problem. He's not a problem. If he doesn't like it, why should he force himself to read it? And I, that seems to be, you know, that's how middle school kids go, which is awesome. I mean, if it's going to make you enjoy the book, then do it. Yeah. Do whatever. But so that's why I like it. You get a nice short, concise story with great characters and usually a good laugh and some interesting predicaments in a tight frame Mm -hmm. without any gushy romance. Mm -hmm. I'm sure my husband loves to hear how much I hate romance. Um, (laughs) God knows he doesn't know what it is. What is this? What is this you talk of? (laughs) I guess I think a lot about that loyalty thing when it comes to middle grade, because I feel like one of the reasons I love middle grade is nostalgia because middle grade was like the last time that I just loved a book. Like that's the last time in your childhood when books like can really affect you and stay with you. You ask people what was the best book they read in middle school, they probably can tell you. Unless they were, you know, not readers in general, (laughs) you know, but I feel like that's one of the last times when a book really stays with you. And I don't know if it's because, you know, kids have that loyalty to characters that they love, or if it's just because it's an emotional time in your life. And so things really affect you more or influence you more. It's so tumultuous too. You know what I mean? Like that character that you read during that time they're not going to change out like everything else in life has. Right. I can see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that I didn't read things in high school that, but I I feel like in high school, you're sort of torn between like, you feel like you have to read adult books, you know, like you're forced to read a lot. So you don't have a lot of leisure. So there's, Oh, and then that's the other thing. I mean, in middle grade, you have so much, that's one of the last times in your life when you have time to read a lot. Yeah. Until you're old, like fourth and fifth grade, you know, those that's, that's a great time to read a lot of books. (laughs) Then we won't even go into the psychology of why we still read middle grade. That's probably not a good thing. Uh, because I'm still 12. <laughs> We're still 12, yeah. I'm literally, I've been 12. I spent 25 years in middle school. What happens? Who does that unless you are already 12? Yes. Just saying. I've just always loved middle schoolers, though. I've always loved everything about middle schoolers. It, I, if you gave me any other grade to teach, I wouldn't do it. I love middle school. I think that's part of it, too. And that's how, that's who actually, I have to say middle schoolers got me on middle grade books. Right. Because when I was first teaching, 
I remember they were all reading Esperanza Rising for a class. And oh, I'm like, oh, I should that read story. that. For, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't my class. And I'm like, oh, I want to read that. And I was like, this book by, by Pam Munoz Ryan, She's Your Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, I love this book. And same with Running Out of Time. That was one they read for another class. And I'm like, these are amazing. And Fever, 1793. Gosh. Lori Halsey Anderson. Yes. I was just talking about that. And I said, you're going to, telling my son, we're going to Philadelphia for my husband's graduation soon. He's finally finishing his master's. And, and I said, we're, I want you to read this before we go. I want you to read this because it, you know, like it, we can, then we can go to all the places in the book. And it's such a great book. And I think that reading the yellow fever epidemic from 1793 after surviving the pandemic of 2020, I think it'll be really interesting. So, yeah, I mean, there's just like, that's the thing. There's always something, there's always a middle grade book that you could hand to somebody be like, this fits right now. This connects with this time. This connects with this, what, what, what's happening in your world. Go get one of your librarians talking about stuff. They'll have a million ideas for you. Right. Just say, I'm going here or I'm doing this or I'm thinking about this. And there's a million middle grade books that fit it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about smushy, smushy, kissy, kissy and potty words because that's the that's the biggest perk, you know. And I can see that, that it's really hard, you know, like especially in seventh and eighth grade, things are so inappropriate in everything in the world. I mean, like TikTok is inappropriate. All of the social media is inappropriate. My God, I made the fatal error of trying to watch music videos with my son a couple of weeks ago. And he was like, this is disgusting. And I'm like, yeah, that's all about sex. So let's turn that off. Everything is inappropriate. So be to be able as a parent to know that I can turn to this one area and know that the book, at least it won't have like sex and bad words and drugs and violence. At least I know that, you know, until we get to and as long as we're still in the middle grade section, I can, I know I can still find appropriate reading materials. And I think that's pretty, you know, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. I agree. And well-deserving of its own month. So, yeah. you know, middle grade March it is, as is also Malbec March. Middle middle grade Margie, Malbec March. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> so um, I kind of had a few like resources for parents because I know you said you had those parents who really weren't sure where to find middle grade books or what yeah. was middle grade books. And I had a few that places that I always go to keep an eye on things and read brightly is one of my very favorite places to go. I think you were the one that turned me yeah. on to that website. It's amazing. So it's a B, uh, read uh, B-R-I-G-H-T-L-Y.com. And uh, it has everything broken down by age, which is fantastic. Yeah. And they have great articles in, uh, that target specific genres. So they'll say, hey, these are the new books coming out in this genre. So it's great. And then um, mixed up files of middle grade authors. That's a really good resource. They have a great blog. Imagination Soup is a good one too. Oh yeah, Imagination Soup. Um, the mixed up files, they do a lot of STEM stuff too. So if you have a science nerd, that they have great stuff. Um uh, Mr. Sharp, did you want to talk about Mr. Sharp? Yes, Mr. Sharp. Five minutes with or five questions with Mr. Sharp is always a good one on YouTube. There's a lot of great YouTube resources. And then readingmiddlegrade.com. It's awesome. That one's great because then you can choose it by topic and then go from there. So if you could have one middle grade book that you could only from your childhood or adulthood or anything, and it can't be Harry Potter. It can't be that you can only, you have to, you know what, in your, in your crazy old ladiness, when I take you to the home and drop you off because you are substantially older than I am, PS, um, uh, like a year and a half, then what book do I give you? What book do I give you so that the lady can read it to you over and over and over again? You only get to pick one. 
because I don't have room in my bag to put more than one book. I might have to go with A Long Way from Chicago by Richard Peck. I don't know. I'm thinking. I mean, I there's so many new ones that we've read that I love, like We're Not From Here. Yes, but you're old and you won't remember these things. Uh, no, We're Not From Here. It's, that's definitely up there by Jeff Rodkey. That's such an amazing book. I mean, Running Out of Time by Margaret Peterson Haddix is pretty awesome, too. I, I know that that one's good, but I also feel like you know what's going to happen. And once you know what's happening, does it hold the same fate? Well, that's true. Um, well, what would be yours? Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. In my old ladiness, I'll just be living my 12-year-old year again, again, and again. All right. I'm sticking with A Long Way from Chicago because that is such a fun book. And P.S. Judy Bloom is like the mother of middle grade. That's true. We haven't even talked about her. Great grandmother of middle grade. <laughs> I guess she is by now. Poor thing. But I'm sure she wouldn't appreciate that. But <laughs> No, I still call her the mother of middle grade because she was like, you know, she started all this. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm taking. All right. So when I pack your bag for the nursing home. Throw in some Richard Peck. Richard Peck. All right, Richard, let's go. That was so fun, though, because that was really fun to be able to, like, kind of break it down, our favorite type, and why are these books so important? I, I It's so fun. I'm glad that that woman asked that question on that mom's group and that I couldn't, that I, I would just, it's, it's like you said, like, I can't believe people don't know about this. Like, I think this way. How could you not think this way? So I feel like it was, it was a really good excuse for us to have a good chat about our favorite. Yeah, books. it was so fun. I love it. And bonus, we'll have a podcast out next week. So you get to listen to us three times this month. Oh my Woo-hoo! God. It's extra. It's extra Margie March. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't need extra Margie in their life? Come on. I now. always said, because my birthday is in March. So I, I always said that it was Margie March. Now my son's birthday is also in March too. So I had to stop saying that when he was born because then he felt bad. What a, <laughs> I made you. <laughs> he stole your month. <laughs> he did. but And you know what? Barely. That punk was supposed to be born on the 17th of March like a good half Irish kid, half Irish Turk. And he did not come until March 31st. And you know what? When you have a baby in uh, Turkey, they don't induce you. So whenever he comes, he comes. And I was like, literally ready to push him up because my mother-in-law's birthday is April 1st and I didn't want him to have to share his his birthday with his grandmother and I'm like we're having this baby today so I ruined the month of March for myself on that one but I'll keep him he's pretty cute well happy birthday (laughs) yeah thanks I'm not having any more um it's great to be 27 again (laughs) all right uh so we'll be back next week at our regular time with episode 20 the episode in which we discuss all things spies with uh, City Spies by James Ponty, The Double Cross by Jackson Pierce, and Etiquette and Espionage. I just love the name of that, Etiquette and Espionage. Can you guess which one I'm Gail reading? Carriger. Right, right. <laughs> I'm Double Cross about the fat spy. P.S. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Double crossed, I should say. I think it's crossed with an E.D. But um, I can't even. That one is hilarious. P.S. I, that one's, It is about a chubby kid who's trying to become a spy. I feel like I, I, I know him in my heart. So. <laughs> So that's a wrap. If you want to join us twice a month for Kidlet Discussions, please subscribe to our podcast through any of the places you get your podcasts. And if you want to find out what's happening in our world, you can follow us on Two Lit Mamas Podcast on Instagram, Two Lit Mamas on Facebook, and of course on our website, www.twolitmamas.com. Have a great week. Happy Middle Grade March. Happy Middle Grade March. Yay.